Welcome to Archetypes and the Planets, where Andre Carr and I, Bea Gonzalez, invite you to think metaphorically as we explore how we have collectively translated the map of the sky into our mythologies, religious systems, and personal psychology. So, Andre, we finished our tour of the planets, and I thought before we started our tour of the signs, we would discuss something that I find is often overlooked in astrology, which are the elements. So the elements being fire, water, earth, air, that are, um, that you know, we are, we're all composed, our planets are in uh, these different elements, and we're sort of composed of sometimes equal parts, sometimes very imbalanced parts. And I started noticing that it really linked very well to Jung's typological system, which is what got me interested. And even more now to the work of uh, neuroanatomist Joe Bolte-Taylor and her four parts of the brain. So I thought we could start talking about it. So first of all, do you, in your practice, uh, pay much attention to the elements or is this something that uh, doesn't call out to you as much? I definitely do because, because you get primary characteristics from the elements that in a way supersede the, the the entire panorama because when you're looking at planets and signs you would say that's a level down in a way and you see this so so frequently the this is what Jung what I read that Jung had tuned into even though he wasn't doing actual astrology he noticed in his practice that the number of people that would walk in the room to do relationship something or other seemed to be linked to the elements a lot more than you would think would be statistically relevant. Right. And you see this a lot. You see, uh, you know, uh, people that are the same sign, or same sign, but the same the same element. In other words, Capricorn, right. Virgo, right. Taurus, or Libra, Gemini, Aquarius, and then you know, projecting from that into a person's basic nature and, right. and the, this is what we can talk now about the elements mm -hmm. and what they mean and this is where you could have a chart of a person that will say well I read my say my Taurus uh, meanings and I, they don't seem to exp uh, connect with me and maybe they have a lot of planets in Gemini or maybe right. in Aries or somewhere right. else and that explains it because then that element is more dominant. Right, right. That's what I see as well. I, so, so let's go back to the beginning and then work our way through the elements. I think the Hellenistic astrologers, which kind of, who codified kind of this, got it from the pre-Socratics and specifically Empedocles. He's the first one that we know divided into four, air, water, fire. And then he had this other concept, which was the idea of love and strife. And I think love belongs more to that feminine um, qualities, the, the two that are considered feminine, which is water and um and earth and then the other two are more the masculine and people shouldn't think of ma uh, love uh, strife belong to the masculine and people should understand the strife doesn't mean war and and it means separation and you need to separate things to understand them because love kind of mushes all together so both are needed but they're both uh, if you if you want to um put them in two categories of yin and yang then you would put the water in the earth and the yin and the fire and the air in the yang, which is much more active principle, much more moving forward, which I think the other two are much more receptive. 
So that's where I think where it all began. And, uh, you know, of course, Jung was a great uh, reader of philosophy, so he probably understood these. So Jung did do a lot of, uh, 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 did use a lot of astrology. Uh, the, the book that Liz Green did, she did a couple on this. She had access to his, to his archives. So let's, let's, let's just work through our way through the elements. Let's start with, uh, fire, because that's the, not the, uh, spring starts with, with Aries, which is fire. So how, how would we talk about fire? Energy. <laughs> Energy. <Yeah. laughs> fire people for example they love burning energy they like going on trips and you know uh, hikes and canoes and you know water rapids i mean you think of the skiing sometimes sports connects to to fire as well if a person is fond of burning energy and then the the associated qualities enthusiasm radiance and you put it in the uh, you're putting it in the, uh, po- well, the idea of plus, positive, masculine, but not meaning positive, good in this no, case, just no. the idea that it's an outward flowing energy. So then you also associate the qualities on the downside where you might get excessive ego, excessive, even narcissism, and that the person is so fond of their energy, they imagine that everything channels through them and so then they become less sensitive to other people which is that idea that you mentioned around uh, water and earth tending to be more receptive and in that sense fire and air are projecting the energy outward more right, right and right. it's also when you think of fire and air there's they support each other for example so then because air is uh, in the chart in, the, in any zodiac air is going to be in in trines that are in the three or in um, uh, aspects that are three six nine so sextiles right so you're supporting uh, it makes sense fire if you you know use air it'll burn more brightly if you throw water on fire that wouldn't work at all neither does earth so these these uh, categories are pretty solid but yeah fire I, i i associate with with those qualities and you notice that they show up in in the fire signs, Aries, right. Leo, right. Sagittarius, right. right? Yeah, I would probably add performance to fire. I find that sure. uh, there's yeah, a, Leo. again because you have you want to be out on stage, right? The idea of exploration, performance. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, there seems to be a natural ability to be comfortable in an area where maybe the water signs wouldn't be so comfortable. Um, but yes. yeah, it's an expression, just self-expression True. being very important, True. which is one component of creativity. But I kind of disagree with people that think that it is all creativity. It's just one aspect of creativity, which is much more on the stage as opposed to on the page, shall we say. So then the next one on our list would be uh, the the first, uh, it's just going in the, sort of the order of the zodiac would be earth. Uh, which is a feminine uh, negative, but of course negative not in the way that we, the word is usually used, but receptive, like much more receptive energy. So what, what is that? What is Earth to you? What, what kind of uh, things come up with Earth? Practicality, security, um, the, the notion with, with Earth is a sense, and you could almost say survival, not, not in the same way as as the watery survival, which is more emotional, we can get to that later, but right. the idea of practical approaches to to things and almost asking the question, Earth will always ask, if you hear an intellectual argument, okay, that's a really interesting argument, but what's it for? What's it going to do? <laughs> <laughs> what does it accomplish? Because it wants yes. to know, are you building something with that? Are you creating something that is yeah, going to so be used structures. by anybody? 
yeah. structures. Yeah, to, well, sure, because if you think about it, anything, if you, a structure necessarily is made of, of Earth. Now, not scientists, you know, will, will quarrel with this. This is where astrology in the Middle Ages, the divergence happened when what scientists did in a way is they drilled down. They drill down and they say, well, you can't say Earth because Earth is really atoms that are, you know, many different elements and so forth. And in a way, they're dividing it so much that you lose track of the original concept, right? The yes, original yes, sense yes. of what it what it means. But when you look at anything anywhere that exists as a structure, including your own body, it's right. you know, primarily built, built of Earth. But of course, a scientist can then say, well, yeah, but your body is 60 something percent water. That's true. However, where are you going to put that water if you don't have the yeah. container? It's a container, absolutely. <laughs> to put and, it in, right. Of course. And so that's yeah. why it does actually uh, rule something like, if you think of all the body parts that Taurus, Virgo, Capricorn, which are the three earth signs associated with. I mean, Capricorn is basically the skeletal structure. It's actually the whole thing yeah. holding it up, right? So oh. so absolutely. So And and because we're going to type, tie it to the Jung typological system, we would say that uh, in the typological system Jung devised, Fire is intuition and uh, earth is sensation. So, yes, that make, way, makes right? perfect sense. Yeah, right. exactly. Which, which, by the way, would see, this is where you would then, as an example, tie some of the teachings that are out there. there there's an elemental quality in, in Zen. Zen has a very earthy quality. In fact, Buddhism, you could argue that there's this uh, sense that the Buddha may have been a Taurus. Right. And the, the Buddha's notion of, of, Enlightenment was he sits on a, under a tree and he just waits for it, right? Yes, that he, is he's not, It's very Torian. And, and also you're constantly counseled in Zen and in Buddhism, just be in your senses. Right. What, what do you see? What do you taste? What do you smell? But people can misrep, mis, misunderstand that as well because the idea is that you're fully in the senses. Right. You're not supposed to be indulging your senses. That's a totally separate uh, <laughs> activity, right? But yeah, that's the logic too. That and you, you'll come across in teachings where they'll say, uh, if you follow any sense to the limit, you enter into transcendent states, right? That's right. another curious. There you go in a sense to the so-called fifth element, the that the ancients talked about ether, where uh, you enter this other dimension and you're doing it by, in a sense, riding the elements. Right, right. So in that sense, Earth is also very spiritual, but the general sense of Earth is practicality, life security, more consciousness of a person, say their bank account, you know, security factors so that they can keep things rolling along in a practical way. That's right, the Earth. Right, right. It's interesting. One of the theories of uh, that I've read about the elements is that as you progress through the, each of the elements, so Aries... Uh, would be the first fire, and then Leo would be the second in Sagittarius. It's almost like the third in each of these um, schemes becomes the more developed version of, of fire, right? So, or the more developed version or the most kind of a quality of development that, so you take one thing, I'm thinking of Capricorn and Capricorn has that quality of, you'd almost say that when you talked about uh, being aware of the senses, but not indulging, I can't think of a sign that less indulges than Capricorn, right? It's very, <laughs> <laughs> it's very good at denial. It's like, no, I understand. No, totally. Uh, even though Saturn rules Aquarius as well, it doesn't have that same connotation. I believe it's the earth quality to say, 
discipline is so important that knowing how to say no becomes very important. And I think when you start with Taurus, I think saying no is harder for Taurus. But as you get through Mm -hmm. these elements, you could argue, and this is just one theory, it may be uh, true or not. So then we get to water, which is next in the, uh, or no, sorry, air comes first before water in this scene. Right. So air is more mental, right? Tell me about air. Yeah, more cerebral in the sense that, for example, you see this quite frequently in air signs. They love the the maps and the they love the the theories, the paradigms they build so much so that they then can just talk about the paradigm they're not necessarily relating to or practicing, let's say. So air signs can can get tremendous joy out of just talking and discussing and making intellectual connections. But by the same logic, even just thinking of the natural zodiac, Gemini, Libra, Aquarius, they're very relational. That's the idea of two people, or even the idea of relationship itself too, because relationship is the notion of, of... merging with something or you know in some sense the true merging would be scorpio but just the idea of relating is is automatically uh, automatically air as well that's how I t- what's interesting about the air which i don't think of, does not apply to the rest of them is that in air you have two of the three signs are ruled by the same planet which is mercury which okay. is very much about the communication and being able to and that's how you connect to people often yes. like being able to share stories or ideas mm-hmm. or uh, can just be the mere act of talking, but 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 also Mercury being a translator from the con- unconscious to the conscious, making something that is unconscious real to other people, but through the vehicle of speech or writing or whatever. Uh, yes. So it's it's That's interesting true. about that, but very very much so. In Aquarius, I look at it. If you look at it as the third. So you look at all of them, then you go to Aquarius is the most detached of all three. Uh, when you get to the, to get to Aquarius, you get a feeling of complete, um, like you, you, the Aquarian archetype sees things holistically to such a degree that sometimes they miss the parts or the kind of the warmth, maybe because the polarity is is the, the opposite is Leo. But I find it can sometimes lose contact with the human. Uh, mm. when they get lost in that I mean this is obviously people have more than, than one planet but in in a place but just a, as a general principle then we finish off and of course in the Jungian typological system that would match map um uh thinking the thinking type which is what it's called yes. and by the way uh it, the thinking type is probably the predominant type uh typologically in that we have structured our whole world and even more now than when Jung was writing uh, about around communication around speech around how much we value words and ideas and uh the, the thinking mind is basically taken over the whole show that would be the idea that I'll introduce later that came from the neuroanatomist I thought was very interesting all right so we got the thinking and then we finished with the last which would be cancer would begin it which is the water cancer scorpio pisces and what do we say about that element Emotions, emotional connection, feeling—that um, that entire world of something that is very hard to pin down. The way water is as well, and yet it's very real. It's a sense right. that you feel your way through things, rather than think through things. Right. Uh, feeling is is become super important. So, uh, and you see this in Cancer, Scorpio, and, and Pisces in different ways, uh, but nevertheless. Um, that's the that's the logic of of that. Right. right? So it's, I think it's, of I think of Pisces as the third in that. And what's interesting, even even in the iconography, is that the symbol. Sorry, you have Cancer, which has a hard shell, 
And then you got a Scorpio that has a shell of some sort, but then you get to Pisces. And I think Pisceans have the biggest problem as a, as an archetype with boundary lane. They, they really yes. don't know how to establish, like, you know, how to put, because you're trying to put a wall in the middle of an ocean and it's too difficult. Whereas the other two at least have some protection. They know that they don't really want to be uh, merging with everything. But I think that archetype of Pisces being the third in that set can be a bit problematic in that regard. On the one hand, it's very beautiful, it's compassionate, it's, but on the other hand, if the person does not have strong Saturn, I find that that can be a problem, you know, with merging maybe too with too much. And in the young technological system, of course, that is the feeling function, which is, I have to say, probably the most misunderstood of all of the functions in the young technological system, because people think it's about emotion and it has nothing to do with emotion. It has everything to do with differentiation of feeling. In other words, a strong water person, a strong feeling person, when they feel anger, they understand that it's actually a consequence of sadness. Maybe they're able to distill what's really working uh, underneath the surface without mushing it all together. An air person will come up with a story. Uh, uh, an earth person will start get busy and build something so they don't have to think about it. A fire person will just start a new project or you know start singing or something to avoid it. But a real feeling person should be able to understand what's operating, what what's happened, what precipitated this. And so, mm-hmm. to a certain degree, Jung thought that was the the one that the people had the biggest problem grasping because the mind had become their thinking is opposite. So the mind had become so powerful that you could no longer really access the body enough inside the emotional um, turmoil that was going in there and be able to say, oh, this is what it really is. And this is what I think it is. Um, and I thought that was interesting because again, it is the problem with water is, uh, and, I, and I would think some people can do this better than others, is that it is kind of a big glob, right? So you have to be really skilled to go in there and say, okay, this is what's really happening here. And people who are very in touch with their emotions are able to do that, I think, quite skillfully. So he called it a valuing function, just like thinking. It's a it's a function of assessment, of being able to understand, you know? Uh, whereas the other two, he called irrational. They were they were not that. That was uh, air and fire um, are completely uh, different. No, sorry, not air and fire. Then we go to sensation and intuition, which he you saw. Mean fire as, and earth. Fire and earth are the ones. Yes, fire and earth. He did not see in that kind of category. He actually saw them more as, um, yeah, that they're not they're they're not valuing uh, functions. They're they're a different type of approach. But regardless, um, and so he divided them differently in that regard. The two that would be opposite each other. Although if you think about it, earth and fire, as you said, are not exactly things that understand each other all that well. I mean, they're they're not. They're, they 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 don't have that relational capacity that something in sex style would where they can they can discuss each other. So one of the things that I find really interesting, I don't know if you've noticed this, is that if you add up your elemental match mixes, Jung had a theory that the answer to every problem would come from your inferior function, which means the thing you're weakest at. So imagine a stool with four legs, right? You're missing the the, the fourth leg. It is by going to that part of yourself that feels really uncomfortable. So let's say you're a thinking type. It is by going to that feeling type, to your body, to try to figure out and cut the mind that actually gives you the the uh, the response. So he thought you, and it's all over our fairy tales, by the way. Marie-Louise von France did a lot of work on this, where he said this keeps showing up, that the answer comes from the the third brother who's who's riding the donkey backwards, who's going in the wrong direction, but who somehow wins the princess. So she said, <laughs> yeah, well, what, yeah, but what, what could that mean, right? I mean, you have to ask the question. Backwards. And that's how you find it, yes. So how, well, why? And he said, because that it's by using the part of yourself that you feel more uncomfortable with 
that the genius comes through because the other part is habituated. You think about it. This is one thing you're taught a lot in meditation, et cetera, that we're always working on our habitual patterns. So you almost need a lightning strike to come through and it's not going to come from the things that come easy to you. It'll be the thing that comes that's a bit difficult, that feels foreign, right? But kind of exciting because, wow, I've never danced before. I never, I've never thought of uh, thinking my way through this, this, this problem. I always just, uh, you know, uh, emotion, emoted through it. So, that's an interesting thing because I don't know if you've noticed this, but I've noticed in my own chart, and I've noticed in people's charts that I've looked at, that it is actually true that they tend to overdo sometimes their least prominent, um, you know, yeah. uh, element. Yeah. Like air. Air for me is a good example. I'm surrounded by books, so I spend my life reading, 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 and yet air is is one of the least. Um, uh, I only have one planet in there. That's an important one, but it doesn't matter. The point is that it's a very weak element if you're going to add it up, right? But yet, I keep going to it. I keep overcompensating. It's almost like you're driven. Like, yeah. oh, God, yeah, yeah. What, what do you think yeah. of that? That notion. I know, hundred percent. Yeah, I think you and I share this because we both have a single planet in air in Aquarius, and I've, I've been asked by people, "You must have a lot. Of, you must have a lot of air," because of all the ideas. Although you have to be careful with it in the sense that planets can also planets have a nature that can, as you put it earlier, Mercury. If a person has a very strong Mercury in any sign anywhere that mercury will in a sense uh take over the air uh faculty and so my my own mercury is in earth but yet it's super active so then it, it, i think it adds to the air yeah. and yet if you don't uh bring that argument in and just say okay well look at the elements yes one one single position and yet yes it has a lot of effect because it it almost feels like that's how you, for example, you could explain it as you want. It feels like the person consciously or unconsciously is seeking to balance themselves by exploring the area that feels like it's somehow it's there, but it's not as accessible. So then there's a lot of digging that goes on in order to bring it to the surface and so forth. So yes, that's a full agreement. And this is why sometimes a person will, will say, well, how, how do you explain that I, I'm, quite practical and and I my affairs are in order, let's say in quotes, and I only have one planet in Earth. That's precisely why, because they're always yeah. going there. And so yeah. Yeah. life works like that. If you're always focused on something, it tends to progress. Right. Yes. No, no, I, I, I've seen that drivenness. And, and then I look and I think what even sometimes absent anything like, I, you know, I've seen people with absent of Earth, but they're really obsessed with, with order. And, and I'm wondering if it is a, a way to calm or if they're going naturally to that missing leg in order to solve a problem that they see within, you know, and sometimes they don't. Uh, another thing I have noticed is uh, there are two things that you could be sometimes very, people who are abundant in the element that you are missing in can be either very irritating to you or very attractive or very appealing. It's almost like they're living out a part of you that you can't quite, quite grasp. So they either draw you to them or they actually repel you. Like I have found that very heavy air people can tire me out to no end. I almost like I feel at the end of it, I think, I think, okay, enough, go away. Um, and it's not their fault. Obviously it is my own inability to like they're, the way they're conceptualizing on an ongoing basis and not maybe sometimes connected to other parts. And I'm talking about really super heavy air people, by the way, not someone with a couple of, um, but I found that my reaction is it drains me. It's like, no, there's mm -hmm. too much air. I have no contact with what's really going on in your body and your mind and your feeling state. Yeah. Certainly, sorry, your mind, but nothing else. Do you find that that to be the case a bit or not? No, totally, absolutely. In fact, even I think you can even add to that that uh, it's often why the 
the um, same elements form relationships because there's a quality to the elements so that when the incompatible elements are around each other, there can be these problems that emerge and they're almost inexplicable, but it, it just doesn't feel right somehow. Mm -hmm. there's, a, there's a disconnect because of the clash of elements, unless other parts of the chart make up for it, right? Mm -hmm. And one of the things that uh, you mentioned that I think is worth exploring a little bit around why do some people know for example, around sensation, around feelings, why are they able to figure out, oh yes, these are my feelings and therefore I can understand why I'm feeling this way and, uh, or, or separately, why does a person uh, with a single element do particularly well in that particular uh, realm of that element, there's where you probably have to go to something that within the elements is probably most associated with air often people refer to air as the human element and mm. you notice that in the in the even in the symbols they're the most human symbols yeah. because you find yes. a lot of animals and everywhere yes. else but there you go to the the notion that in a sense supersedes everything is it's it's the idea of awareness self-awareness it, it you think awareness emerges from air in a certain sense and then the person can put things in context and understand Oh yes, these are my sensations. Something in them is aware of what is going on, and that will help them to express their chart better. In contrast, to say the caricatures that you might find, where a person is less aware, has an element missing, and they act it out. They act out the fact that it's missing, or altogether, where they're not they're not uh, growing in that sense. They're just doing too much of the other ones, as you would expect from a lack of awareness. So, but there probably air is the one that is, is most likely to, to be helpful, you know, to, right, to reach right. those points. Um, I find it interesting that, uh, for example, I just looked at artists' work and I, I became obsessed with what kind of songs um, artists were singing and, and did they match their, um, their elements. And I often found that it was a bit of a, a, a missing element uh, business again as well, that it often seemed that the people were, who were, say missing water were very attracted to these heavy emotional songs and i'm thinking okay this is how they're working out them for function for example and i think you can apply that to writers any kind of creative artist is probably trying to connect to that part of themselves that feels weaker again going back to that in fiction but it's still very very compelling and that is why i think they're attracted to other people that have that or at times i think when you look at the principle of projection, I think that's where a lot of people demonize other people. They, they think, well, these people are all this. And it's like, you look at me thinking, okay, uh, they're the people expressing something you are incapable of expressing. Yes, and that can produce admiration or it can produce resentment depending on the, what type of person you are personally, right? So, mm -hmm. so I find that really, really super interesting. So the yeah. other thing I've noted is that there is a neuro, I don't know if you've ever, have you heard of Jill Bolte-Taylor? She did this thing called My Stroke of Insight. She had one of the most, um, I think most watched TED Talks because she was a neuroanatomist who had a stroke uh, when she was 36 and part of her brain went offline and she barely survived it because what happened is she had a left brain, uh, her left brain basically went offline. And so she started connecting to everything, which is what the right brain does. And she was like, oh, this is wonderful. But she had enough of a brain left to know if I don't get help, I'm going to die here. And then she went through six weeks of being in that state where her left brain was totally like not there. And, and she recounted it in this, this fascinating book called My Stroke of Insight and the, the talk that anybody can find. I think it's been watched 28 million times. 
And she she's a good advocate for what she calls whole brain living. And she's just written a book where she divides the brain into four parts. And those four parts, she said, are actually very similar to the Jungian typological system, which, of yeah. course, is very similar to the elements, right? Yeah. And her, her argument, which I thought was brilliant, is that uh, brain number one matches to the thinking. And that is the most dominant by far. It's just so dominant that really that's the first one you look at. Okay. Number two would match to, and and she has this idea that you should give it a name. Everybody has these four parts. So let's say your number one is the one that gets organizes, understands things. You give it whatever name, you know, uh, you might want to give it. You associate with an organizer and somebody who can get things together. Uh, Number two is uh, the one that carries all the memories. I, I associate this with feeling. You know, every time they do anything, they're referencing back to something else, which might make uh, make them feel distraught, but they are carrying the memories. You need that to a certain degree. So you give that a name. And then on the other side, number three, sensation, she actually links it to the person that's active and doing something in the here and now. And, you know, the builder of the carpenter was completely lost in in that moment and not worried about the, the present or the past. And number four is intuition and she calls that the connecting one because that one sees possibilities everywhere this is fire right it doesn't see you it sees all the possibilities that you can be now her view is if you're overworking one of these parts of the brain right then you need to ask the other parts what's going on and that she's and, and i thought it was a very brilliant model because she said if you name these and and you know enough about the elements or the typological system to be able to understand them, then when you get into a muddle, the idea is not to go to the part that is always like the thinking, oh, I figured it out, to say the thinking is not getting me anywhere. What does number two say for me to do? Oh, memories, this connects to this. What does number three say? I should get active in this in this particular way. I should be building this. I should be, you know, making a meal, whatever. And number four connects you to the larger story, to what what is this really about in a larger way that has nothing to do with with mind, it's possibility, it's connection, whatever. And I thought, wow, what a great way. And she calls it whole brain living. And what she's trying to tell people is that because we overwork the thinking brain, the human part, as you say, because we've had 2,000, 2,500 years of overworking that to death, right? What's happened is we've basically atrophied all other parts. Now, I would think that if you look at a chart, right, um, it's going to depend. Some people are going to be very naturally able to go into the feeling side and, yes, and connect to the memories and connect to the the larger picture emotionally, and others aren't. I mean, I don't know what you make of this. What do you think of her model, the way she's put it together? No, it sounds like a good model. uh, A lot of these models will, in a sense, resemble each other and point to the elements and there may be some incompatibilities, but it's going to make a lot of sense because, you know, you, know, you can't invent, you can't come up with something that is completely different than what humans are experiencing. So, yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. And this is too where it's a little bit like when people talk about the, the, the uh, I remember in high school, well, is, is, is uh, light a particle or is light a wave? Well, it's a wave and a particle. Yeah. So the elements, they blend into each other. And if, if you say, for instance, air is the element that thinks, but it's also the element that, in a sense, is connected to awareness as you get beyond thinking, then you could say it's fire that does that, but you could just as easily say maybe the person feels something through their water energy, and then, in a sense, what you're doing is you're connecting everything together. Right. And that's mysterious. And probably fire is the most likely to do the connection, but it doesn't do it by itself. It doesn't no. because the other elements are there as well. And this is where it's very hard many times for a person trying to understand these categories. And you put things in boxes, pretty soon you lose the whole thread. Yeah. So yeah. whatever you want to call it, whatever that mysterious thing in you is that 
is able to coalesce things. Yes, it's probably fire, I would say, the intuitive uh, puts it all together. But even that requires the other elements, right? You can't yeah. get away from the fact that fire by itself is just fire. It's burning yeah, energy, yeah. And, you know. Uh, I wouldn't say the fire is the connector. I think they all connect in different ways. I would yeah, say, they all connect in different know, ways. Yeah. Right, so, right. so they're just doing, I think fire has the ability to perhaps have, the way they understand it anyway, to have a glimpse of the future, of possibility. Whereas feeling would be have much more of, be much more beholden to the past, which if you think about emotion, think about feeling, it is actually beholden to the past. You're replaying it is. It, what, By the way, you can see this in astrology. The, on the caricature side, uh, fire well, Sagittarius, for instance, the, the ninth sign yeah. is very future oriented. Uh, the idea of exploration, you know, what can we, how, how do we expand this? But Cancer, which is the primordial water, in a sense, the first water sign, the most personal, they tend to be people that are, look, look at our ex-president, you hoard things, you hold on to the past. You're always yeah. Yeah. reminding yourself of how this thing that happened somehow makes you. And so Cancer individuals often have trouble letting go of the house they live in because of all their memories, again, the moon, the past, right? Uh, so you see these patterns through the elements as well, as, as you just put it, Cancer, Scorpio. Scorpio would be, you know, the caricature of Scorpio is the the emotion of something that happened in a relationship and the inability to forgive. <laughs> Revenge. <laughs> Transgression. Yes. So you get, you know, it's like, I will kill you for doing that type thing. <laughs> so you see this in, in caricatures, but it, but it also... You know, explains how the elements. Yeah, work. yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, by exaggerating something, I remember Coleman talking about uh, when you have an emotion, feel it in your body, and exaggerate it to an extreme, and then let go, because then you know what part of your body is clenched. And I thought that yes. was such a brilliant observation. So, by exaggerating the qualities of some of these signs and some of the and the elements, etc., I think you get yes, you get a caricature, but you actually get the quality that can be expressed on many different levels mm -hmm. and yes. intensities. So, I think of like if you want to continue the caricature, you get to to Pisces. And that's where the victim becomes like, oh, everything is because they give so much and then they turn into the victim, the the, the you know, perpetual victim that something is being done to me. But no, it's like you are not establishing proper boundaries um, because that's where connection really is so valued that it's over. Yeah, no, then, that, that's you know, totally true with, with, you know, with, when you are so open that, you know, the, the, this is, you know, the biblical, the biblical, that line in the Bible that says, be gentle as a dove and wise as a snake because in the world if you are too open people take advantage of you it's just Absolutely. the way it is and then and then that that's the idea of you create a boundary which yeah. pisces doesn't have any boundaries right <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yes. you need an earth equality yes. for boundaries earth yes. especially yeah. saturn no right. don't go don't cross through there right and so, and by the way, there are plenty of Pisces people that have very good boundaries oh, yeah. and, and there are, there will be, there will be uh, Taurus people or Capricorn people with very poor boundaries right. because of the way they, uh, maybe there's Pisces there, or maybe there's a disconnect on the water element and so forth. Yeah. So right. this is where that astrology is very rich and can become incredibly complicated. Uh, if you don't look at everything that is right, there in right. the chart. Yeah. Right. And so so the idea really here is to just talk about one aspect of it. And of course, then you have to, there's so much modification you do with a particular chart. There's no question. But in terms of understanding, 
um, while you're driven to interpret the world. Let's talk about a, a, what lens are you interpreting the world by. It's a very different thing if you're interpreting through the error lens and sit down and rationalize your way through an issue than if you're interpreting it through, um, let's say, water, where you're yes. basically feeling the issue and getting lost in your memories and getting lost in, in uh, and, you know, and, and by the way, I, both of them can solve a problem and both of them are very lousy at solving a problem. It depends on the problem. So Joe Bolte Taylor's idea is you need both. You need to say, okay, how do I first do it? You need four of them, actually. You need the four brains. You need, okay, first I work through it there. And, and she said, most problems get uh, unsolved, unresolved because people get stuck and they can only see it in that way and they can understand it. And also, by the way, I would argue that if you are living with people, and I think this is why I keep seeing elemental matches with people that have long-term relationships, I don't think you can work with people. You can have a livable situation if you're that mismatched because you will constantly grate on each other's nerves to some degree. You'll have to be finding a way you know, around the fact that they are seeing it, or unless you work a lot on yourself. If you work a lot on yourself, then you're able to do that distillation process and then say, oh, okay, that person is going to see the world through the airline, so I have to understand it. But in general, I find it interesting that a lot of the relationships I know are kind of elementally matched in some way, and it may be that the living situation becomes a lot easier, right? It's not fraught with, with misunderstandings. Um, so in terms of the inferior function, though, and how we work with, with uh, that, that missing leg, I guess this is what you would do in a consult, right? Because someone may come to you and you see that they have a lot of water and you probably tell them, hey, listen, you need to bring in Saturn in here to do a little bit of work mm-hmm. on your behalf. And, and uh, you know, talk to me about how if you, in an actual, uh, because of course you're a consulting astrologer, I am not, in an actual situation like that, what would generally be your, your I mean, of course, it's going to depend. So this is speaking in generalities, but what would be some of the solutions for each one of the elements I said, let me go one by one. So someone has a, a real um, lack of fire. How do you get the fire going in that in the person's chart when they when they? Uh, what would you do? What What are some of the things you would look at to get it going? Well, fire. You mean if they if they're having if they're lacking fire or they're not yes, connected? Yes, no, they're, they're lacking fire. Completely. Right. So so fire energy. So this is where you remember that uh, Jonah Hill. A video movie where the I think he's probably an Aries. That's my feeling about that that uh, Stats character. That's yeah, okay. Right, and he says to him in a very primary way. He says, you know, just raise your life energy, increase your energy. This will tend to immediately do something for you in terms of feeling better. Which, by the way, now feeling better sounds more like a water factor in a person's makeup, and yet. He's saying, look, if you just raise energy, that's a major step in terms of realizing what's happening, being able to do things and so forth. So that's typically the, the fire uh, advice, so to speak. And then the notion that, that fire is a kind of enthusiasm, a sense of feeling the life force. And as soon as a person feels energy, they typically know what to do. They'll be interested in whatever they're interested in and they'll do it. And it also links to the idea of intuition as to what the next step might be. So that's the logic with fire. And I would probably say I tilt that way as a general connection with people anyway, because I happen to have a lot of fire. So that, that right. happens to be my filter. And and it's possible that, yes, it's true that if I, uh, I'm working with a person that is say is all water, hypothetically, right? right? It might be a little bit tricky. <laughs> Because they might say, what is all this fire energy? What are you talking about? <laughs> so that's just to say that in a way you could argue that that 
it may be that uh, water is very important when counseling in, in terms of the receptivity, water and earth, let's say, sense what is there before you speak or before you say anything. Right. Uh, otherwise, in a way, it's your message, even if it's a good message, it may not align well with that right. person. But anyway, but back to the beginning, fire, yes, fire. Yeah. energy, energy, energy. energy okay, infusing. just get it yeah. going. So what about earth? So a person comes, they have no earth, they're impractical, they can't organize their lives, they're having issues. What, what, what do you, how do you get earth online? What, what do you well, tell earth, them? you know, obviously practicality, but earth also, earth is, is a, you know, shifting again to this thing of the Zen view of life is, is Zen is very Saturnian in a way. It has this quality of what are you doing with your time? But they're not telling you, Zen people don't say, well, you look, you should be making lists and organizing your time. No, they're saying, be in the moment, be present to your life. Mm -hmm. That's a very earthy way to be. And when you're present to what you're doing, again, it can solve a lot of problems because you will get insight into that, which is an air, uh, usually faculty or you'll feel the enthusiasm sometimes to move forward and so forth. So it's the idea of being where you are. That's an earthy quality. Uh, so that, so that's, that would be the connection for Earth. Right. So now we move to air. How would a person comes to you, lots of water, lots of earth, no air anywhere, lots of fire perhaps, but there's the, the air is totally absent. Well, what would you suggest as a... Now this is going to be difficult for you, maybe or more difficult. Yeah, right, because it's air. not my element. No, <laughs> right, but he looked at me and I thought, oh, he's he's thinking about this one a bit more. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking. About, I'm thinking what I would say. Well, yeah. I think with air. Well, in a way, I in fact I do this a lot. I, I I'll yeah. say to people one of my one of my go-to phrases is I'll say, well, think about it, mm. meaning, think about this. So air is logic. You know, in astrology, yeah. the word logical is inside astrology. So yes, I yes, people logical. should realize that that there's a logic. Yeah. You try to put things together. And at the same time, you can think about something and it can ring a bell, so to speak. Oh, yes. Okay, that makes sense. And at some point, you also want to realize that the thinking is what leads you to being aware of the thinker, like the idea of awareness, which which is above thinking, which in a sense supersedes itself, so to speak. Right. So all those things kick in around. Why do people do things like meditation, forms of self-awareness, that's a brainy thing. It's something that you're doing, you know, that people always say, well, I, I can't meditate because my mind, my mind is like a monkey mind. All, all I notice is that I'm thinking, thinking, thinking. Well, the answer to that is you apply earth probably, and earth is the idea, I'm gonna practice, I'm gonna show up, I'm gonna learn about this, right. I'm gonna right. make it a task. And then you practice until you get, you create a bit of a gap something in there realizes, oh yes, my mind is thinking. And then you, you question yourself, well, who's noticing that? That's the thinker, so to speak, the mysterious thing, you know, how Pirvilayat used to say, uh, one of his books is called That Which, tra that which Transpires, be Behind That Which Appears. He had long sentences. <laughs> Sorry, <I> remember. <laughs> but it's the, it's the logic of that, of the, and that in a sense is still, is still airy because it's, it's a mind experience, you know, it's a, it's a distinctly human experience. You cannot convince me, people will say, well, animals are more connected to life. Yes, they are, but they're connected in a kind of absorption, the way babies are connected. There's no overview. So then right. animals, I've seen animals suffer as they start to get old because they don't know what the heck is happening. They've, they're, right. they're losing their, their connection. Right. So right. Uh, that's a distinctly human ability to 
both think and realize that they're thinking. Right, so right, right. I, I would like to to uh, to interject here and, and note that we've talked about animals before and had quite a pushback on your YouTube channel when someone said, "Oh, I'm stopping. To, I'm not going to listen to this anymore." When they say the animals are not like humans, and and I think what you're making a very good point on is the thing that most distinguishes. Um, humans from animals is precisely the thinking capability because to this moment right. we don't know of gophers who philosophize and that that's what makes us yeah this is the the very definition of the human human and of air because those are the the signs that actually refer to uh to uh to thinking yeah and it's not it's not supposed to be the, there's no good bad here you can think of good things about anything and bad things about anything including yeah. all the human abuses i'm aware of that i'm only oh, pointing out yeah, no, you know, of course. because you know because if animals thought i mean think about this right if they actually thought the way humans think they probably would have destroyed us long ago yeah they, 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 they had good cause <laughs> this. Yeah, i mean there are so many animals that would go okay enough of this they'd go to school you know and they would coalesce their knowledge and pretty soon they'd have nuclear weapons or worse whatever right or they would just get together and, and, and attack us stomp us yeah <laughs> Absolutely. At some point, and then we would not blame them, those who think about this a bit. Okay, so we, we talked about the, the fire. The, now, how would water, did we talk about water already? Or am I, no, water is the last one, so no, we didn't. So No, okay, so, no, no, fire we haven't spoken about either. If somebody's lacking fire. Oh, no, no we, we talked about yeah. fire. Sorry, Earth, now I'm getting really confused. Help me out here. So we talked about lack of fire. We talked about lack of uh, air. We talked like, uh, oh, yeah, so it's only uh, the only one that is left is water. So what water. do you do with the person? Well, who... water, you know, water is interesting. My, my counsel always is, and I have a theory that the sign you are also is drawn to the opposite sign for obvious reasons for polarity. Yeah. And one of the things around Capricorn, the caricature is Capricorn doesn't feel anything. It's, a, you know, there are people that disconnect from their feelings. And yet I constantly say to people, for example, I say to people, you want to learn astrology you have to feel the planets if you don't feel them you are basically regurgitating someone else's explanation of the planet right. you should be able to feel it and then know that's what saturn feels like that's what right. uranus that's what the moon whatever so in in similarly someone at the council around water someone uh, uh would say that might say i'm not connected to that element whatever the story is practice feeling practice right literally tuning in to how you feel about something so it would be like a practice where it's, let's say the person was really loaded with with air lots of thoughts as you said earlier behind that there's always a feeling why why, why is there a memory in the first place almost always the reason your your brain stores a memory and not something else because there could be this long tape of everything that's ever happened to you and there are all these places with memories and there's typically a feeling connected to it yeah, yeah, that yeah. entrenches it right yeah. so then being aware of that is really powerful because again it helps you to understand how you how you how you are what you're about and so forth so that reminds me a lot of the um talks that Pema Chodron does and others like her who are always saying that really what what causes the major problems are the fact that we have events that then link back to early events prior to the time that we had language so we didn't know how to and so you're almost going on and this is a water idea i think of fishing you're going fishing for those original moments in time where something got trapped you had it didn't have language for it you didn't have an understanding if you're three or four you have no idea what's going on i actually just wrote a piece today that that relates to a memory i had a very early memory that then related to something later and i thought yeah that's what you're doing 
And often it's working so underneath the surface that to retrieve it is really quite difficult. It takes concerted effort. And of course, there are a whole bunch of people that don't even believe in this stuff. Say, oh, that's nonsense. So why even go looking? But when you're working on with modalities that try to help you with trauma, what one of the things you're constantly doing is finding the original trauma. Go back to the original trauma because if you can unwind that one, anything afterwards actually is helped along the way. It's almost like it's always going back to the resolution of something that that happened so so early on that you you just couldn't do anything about it. So so I think yeah. that that yeah that actually speaks very well to it. Okay, well I think we covered all four of them. I, I do think they're very important, and I do think possibly because I'm I, I read so much about Jung and he's central to the way I look at things that he created this technological system that was then used by Myers Briggs and uh, and adapted to, to to many places. But actually, I think it's a really useful thing to be watching that in your own chart. And then, of course, through transits and progressions, things change, right? You can enter a period where you can actually more, you know, when you ha I had my progressed uh, ascended through Aries, well, that actually allowed me to be, be a bit more fiery uh, in different ways that I wasn't uh, prior or after. So you, you go through moments when you can adapt, but it's something that I think people should pay more attention to in, in general, I think, when you're looking at a makeup of an entire chart. So I think uh, I think this should this might give them some ways to to look at it, which is what this whole thing is yeah. about. One thing that I could mention, by the way, that just came to me now is that in the Sufi teachings, they have this practice where you breathe for a few minutes every day to balance the elements, oh. so that the in that particular uh, explanation, when you breathe through your nose, in and out, that's earth. Right. When you breathe in through your nose and out through your mouth, it's water. Oh. When you breathe in through your mouth and out through your nose is fire. And when you, all mouth is air. And if you ponder this, I know it sounds a little strange, why they, but, but it actually makes a lot of sense. Because for instance, when you when you're running, the tendency is to open your mouth. Yeah. Open your mouth. <laughs> yeah. grasp, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And, and I noticed as an example that something that's always puzzled me about the, the breath of fire, that is this uh, yoga breath, where when you, when you do it with really full force, you are effectively taking energy into your mouth and putting it out through your nose, yeah. even though it appears that you're just using your nose. So it's now the idea would be that, for example, you could, if you felt that one of your elements, was out of balance, then you could do that particular breath maybe a little longer. The standard practices do all four to you know balance them all, but that's what tends to happen. That the idea would be to feel really really good. You want them all to be as as balanced, you know, as equal as possible. Well, there you left us as a good earth person with a practical thing to do, <laughs> which is really good. Yeah, because generally, the, yeah, the theoretical is really not going to take us anywhere. But once you can do a practice, then things can change. So I love it. That's great. Awesome. Okay, until next time, when we discuss, start discussing the uh, actual signs one by one, which I think will be a lot of fun, too. Okay. Thanks for listening today. If you want to hear more about all of this, go to YouTube where you will find Andre's channel called Astrology Alert. He posts videos there almost daily. He also teaches classes through his Patreon account. You can find me at sophiacycles.com. If you want to support my work, I've recently released a new novel called Invocation, which you may find of interest. Go to my website to see a book trailer about it. It's available in all fine bookstores, including Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Finally, if you like this podcast, please rate it and leave a review so that others will find it as well.